This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. You can save thousands off the MSRP with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. Today, we have someone super special on the show. But before we get to that, we got to remind you guys, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show. You can do that on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you like to listen to your shows. I've got to kick this thing off with a Patreon question of the day, open to everyone in the room. Tomorrow, there's a zombie apocalypse. Who are the three people? There really is? Tomorrow. (laughs) It's happening tomorrow. Who are the three people on your team? We can only have three. Three people. So that like... Three people on our team like to fight the apocalypse? To fight the apocalypse. Oh, okay. Like the weekend I could get out. Like I actually, my brother. That, are we talking yeah. about like summon from the multiverse? Where, yeah, <laughs> wherever you want. Past, oh. present, future. No, no that's too me, easy. Me, bro. Only three. I'm not gonna go biblical. I'm gonna say me, Marcus, and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, so yeah. Is that a good one or what? That's pretty good. <laughs> Just to narrate the whole thing. Just to talk us through it. <laughs> And Christopher Walken. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Oh, we can only have three. Damn it. No, so like, I, so my th- that's my three, but I'll be on my three. So, yeah. Well, well I mean. Uh, well, you're <laughs> on my team, so you can't have your own team. <laughs> Sorry about you. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. What do you got? I, well, it'd have to be Marcus Morgan and Elon Musk. Right? Oh, there you go. To the moon. See how it's going? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> said, well, now we're getting to, into the work of it. Now, see that if we'd had more time to think about it. <laughs> We're gonna need one of his trucks out here. We're gonna need to test drive that before we can bring yep. him straight onto the team. They're gonna saying. have to work. They're gonna have to work out the glass first yeah. before I'm. Because I, I <laughs> I've, I've said this openly that my, my brother and I are, are the face of Tesla Texas. There you go. Yeah, I don't know if Tesla knows that yet, but come on. Yeah, CNN put it out. Come on, it's on the news. I saw well, they know it now. I, we saw yeah, it on the news. Better. Yeah, still waiting for that free Tesla to roll in here with the uh, <laughs> plaid speed. All right, guys. Well, we always enjoy those Patreon questions. If you haven't already, check us out at patreon.com slash teamneverquit. We got exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content of the show. We send out some exclusive sweet merchandise, a challenge coin, a cool hat, a bunch of other cool things. You can only check that out at patreon.com slash teamneverquit. We even go live occasionally for that. So make sure you check that out. We got a great guest in store today. Richie McPeak is a seven-year cancer amputee warrior dad and co-founder of McPeak. Richie has faced many battles but continues to come out on top each time. We're super excited to hear his story about battling cancer and all the adventures he's gone on in the last seven-year battle, as well as the struggles he went through to get where he is. Richie, even more exciting is that you have been a longtime follower of the show, of the community that we've built, and we're excited to have you. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, You know, uh, I'm honored to be here and meet Marcus and Morgan, and thank you both for your service for our country and my family. And I love the Team Never Quit community. I've, I've had to, tried to have a Team Never Quit mentality my whole life. And uh, uh, Marcus really inspired me. Uh, and so I just try to follow that and share y'all's posts and everything you're doing for our community every chance I get. Yeah, we sure appreciate that. I, I tell you what, just going, just through the, just looking at this resume of yours, <laughs> buddy, I mean, 
you should write a book somewhere. Somebody should do it. We we just we we interviewed Sebastian Younger uh, j- just recently. I, I'm going to put your name in front of him so he can do a documentary over you guy. Man, you're the epitome of just never quit. That means a lot. Thank you. I you know I've been through some fires, but uh, I truly have come to believe that every step is a finish line. You know, I, I think a lot of people get lost. You know, we, we can't see the end of the 5K or the end of the hike or end of your goals of the month or the year. But when you make those goals, just making it to your next moment or the next step, and that becomes a finish line, then you have a finish line after finish line after finish line, and you can mentally stay in the game. Yeah, because you always got to win. Yes. You always put a win underneath yes. your belt. I quit. I, did, I, I started doing the exact same well, thing. Well, you never finish either. I mean, it just yes. keeps, well, keeps going. Have, the race Perpetual keeps going. Race. Keeps going, man. I mean, I had to reel myself back in. I look because even I when you guys day. get done running, y'all y'all start another race. So you to to another yes. line. It just keeps going. Yeah, I just do the day. I mean, I not two weeks, not not three, not a month. I just do the day. I'm wake up and I'm gonna accomplish the day. So much easier. <laughs> and I had an opportunity to train with a force recomer, and he taught me some big things. You know, one when I first showed up to his building uh, in the mid 2000s, I thought I was a big strong wrestler tough dude i'd lifted heavy weights he put two two and a half pound barbells in front of me and i, I thought he's this guy's crazy and he looked at me and he said you think i'm crazy don't you mr richie i'm like yeah after 20 minutes i couldn't lift two and a half pounds oh yeah and he told me little numbers turn into big numbers real quick and, uh, <laughs> real <laughs> quick ounces to pounds. And, you know he taught me uh something really important guys um he said you know what limit your options this is going to sound crazy but we have too many options in life. We make too many options. If a job don't work out, we'll move to the next job. If we start on this lifting, it doesn't work out, we'll move on to something else. Everybody's always got a different option. Make success and making it to the end your only option. Whatever that endeavor is, limit yourself to one option. And that's what I tried to focus during my battle with this sarcoma. Perfect advice. That's how I got through Buds. There's only one option here. Yeah. Make it. Go go through it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's... uh. Let's let's rewind the tape a second. Remember, we're, we're recording this too, so we can jump around. But okay. before we get we're, that, you were really getting into some some juicy stuff. But let's roll the tape back. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and give us give the listeners some amplifying information on you. I'm from Brooksville, Florida, uh, a little place north of Tampa. Grew up uh, right near the Withlacoochee State Forest, the riding horses, uh, running in sugar sand, jump roping. Uh, going to this beautiful springs, the Wikiwachi, you can see uh, crystal clear water to the ground. And, uh, you know, it was a, it, tough. I grew up in a single wide trailer, uh, didn't have a lot, but I used everything around me uh, for my success uh, in high school and, and in life. Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to be on the wrestling team, football. I had a, a, a wrestling coach, Coach Pritz, who was a man of faith. He's a Father of five boys, they tried to have a girl five times. They ended up with five boys. Hey. And, uh, you know, he taught me excellence. And in wrestling mentality, one of the greatest things I learned was you can be down by five points. You can be exhausted mentally and physically, but you're not out. Because in one second, you turn that around, get a pen, six points, you're right back in the game. So you're never out of the fight in wrestling. And uh, there was one award. It was a coveted Mr. Guts Award. And everybody wanted that. Not the most pens, the most wins, the most take back downs, Mr. Guts. And my senior year, uh, I won Mr. Guts. And it's a guy who, will, no matter what the pain is mentally and physically, for the team, you're going to get on that mat. And uh, really kind of came uh, to a head. Uh, one of our biggest matches, a team we hadn't beaten in 12 years. Uh, my coach moved me up from 185 to 220. This guy was a monster. Uh, three quarters through the match, my left shoulder came completely out. Coach came, I said, coach, I can't go on. He said, listen, you led the team. You said, we're going to win. We're going to beat this team. You can't quit now. Put my shoulder back in. And uh, with one second left, the dude shot in on me. And I knew he wouldn't think I'd use my left shoulder that was completely dislocated to step over, stepped over and pinned him. And we won the match. (laughs) So, uh, you know, uh, a never quit mentality, no matter what you're on the mat or off the mat. Then from there, I had the opportunity. You know, Iowa, at that point, Florida wrestlers weren't really recognized. So uh, I had the opportunity to get a wrestling scholarship to uh, Dubuque College in Iowa. Um, uh, And, you know, it was a real opportunity to go up there and showcase what Florida wrestlers are doing and the hard work we're putting in. 
Yeah, because that's all they do up there in Iowa is. That's it. Eat, yeah. Eat, yeah. So what's eat, the difference? Eat, eat corn what, what, what's, the, what's the difference in the styles between North and, and Southern? You know, I think the main difference is that uh, they start when they're one or two years old, and everything is wrestling and growing corn in Iowa. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's they live it. Those wrestlers, you know, and and from family to family, and there's a lot more schools that do it. So I think Florida was a little behind uh, at the time, but have caught up since 1988. Yeah, we don't have wrestling here in Texas. I don't think. Uh-huh. Got steer wrestling. I mean. It, it is in some schools, in the bigger schools, it, it kind of right. migrated down. And then when, when MMA came online and the UFC came online, it kind of morphed into all the schools started popping up. If you've been in the sport and around the, this kind of life, you know how it works, man. It's it's something, but uh, it's it's growing, obviously. Yep, yep. That's what we're seeing here, too. My oldest son, Connor, was training for MMA. He was a wrestler, too. So, uh, But it's really growing here in Florida, too. I know you all – kick everybody's ass some football out there in texas yeah that's it. that's like state. yeah yeah we do football <laughs> right yeah it's it's, it's it's a thing the whole town shuts down and friday night lights that's they make movies about it good ones about yep, it. friday night lights so that's how iowa is in wrestling there it's just everybody is focused on wrestling whole town shuts down so you're up in Mon- so you're up in iowa wrestling you did the pan am games right I did so. Uh, my my between my junior and senior year in high school, I was on the Florida All Stars, and I was the only one that won against a Pan American team that was up training. So I got invited to the Mexican Olympic Center in '87, and uh, went down there. I was 17 years old, on my own, living with a family. Uh, and you know, I think part of it I won because at the time, you know, there weren't a lot of 185 pound South Americans. Um, and, but I went down there, I got to wrestle the Germans, the East Germans, the Soviets, the Chinese, man, I'll tell you what, that was tough. Uh, a couple of them boys put me in the infirmary, uh, and I didn't realize they were 25 grown men. I'm 17, arrogant thing. I'm going down there to kick ass. I got my ass handed to me, but I learned a lot when I came back from, uh, Mexico city, uh, my senior year, I started out 26 and 0 from getting my ass kicked to summer in, uh, Mexico city. Back in the day when them Russians, what was the name of that big Russian, the Russian bear? I know you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh. Because that, that was a Nebraska boy it. that took him off his throne, wasn't it? Or an Iowa yep. boy? Was yeah, it was an American guy that took him off his throne. Yeah. He was undefeated. What? Uh, yeah, what the was entire it? Olympics, the world, everything, never had lost. Yeah, ever. And then I thought he was from Nebraska. Remember what I'm talking about? Oh, I think I found it, but... We'll say it out. I don't know if I can say this name. Alexander Carolyn. Does that yep. sound right? Yep, Karolinko. Karolinko. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Is there, is there a American move named that? Is there a the move named after him? him? Is there an airplane landing in this room? It is pouring rain out right now. Is that what that, that is? That is what you're hearing right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think my windows are up. Sounds like a jet out here. <laughs> I mean, this storm just landed right on top of us, Richie. I mean, it's. I thought there was like... Helicopter landing in here with us. You want to hear a funny story? Right before I came down here, I was walking down. It was, it was hot outside. I was like, man, it's hot. I, I rolled the windows down on my truck. <laughs> Are they down right now? Yeah, they're down. <laughs> That's how Florida is. And I've never, I've never seen a storm like Texas. We drove after uh, my surgeries and chemo. They said, go home and rest. We packed up my wife's car and did a national lampoon vacation for 17 days. We throw, drove through Texas, and I think it rained the entire time we drove through Texas doing about 30 miles an hour. Took us a while to get through. Did you come through in August but, uh, or May? Pardon me? When did you, what, what month was that? Uh, July, I think. So we're, Yeah, uh, about this time six years ago. So the sweet spot is that's, that's the May showers into the hurricane season. So you just like you caught it perfectly. We're about to drop bombs on the listeners right now. What's fixing to what happened to you in your life? So allow you to continue, brother. So I, so you know, uh, after that, uh, um, I, I lost my my brother Troy, who was like my soulmate. We were uh, Irish twins, my my only little brother. Uh, I was supposed to be with him uh, the night he was murdered, and uh, you know, losing him was like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life at that time. And uh, you know, you feel alone in the world when you lose a brother. And then you add the part that I was supposed to go play basketball with him that night. But I'd fallen asleep because my firstborn son, uh, we had him. We're taking care of him. You guys know how tired you are when you first have kids and working. 
So uh, that was that that was a really tough time and a defining moment uh, when I lost my brother, Troy, and, and, and the alone and a little bit of guilt, well, a lot of guilt, I felt for thinking I, I, if I was there, we would have either lived together or died together. And at the time, it was the same to me. And what I found later, you know, was there are people that stepped up like brothers and surrounded me and uplifted me. And uh, though I miss my own brother terribly, you know, God's put some men in my life that have been like brothers. So uh, help me overcome that. How old were you and, when that uh, happened, buddy? Uh, uh, he was at a basketball court and uh, four guys uh, jumped him, uh, stabbed him with broken bottles, beat him, stomped him. They ended up, one of them, strangling him. But I went because I was going to write a book about it because three have still not been uh, held accountable. I, I met the detective. and The detective said, let me tell you something. Your brother's the baddest dude I've ever seen in 17 years of being a detective. And he's in the FBI now. He said, uh, they started a fight with your brother. And by the crime scene, he probably fought four guys off for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, slipping in his own blood. He saw where his knees kept landing, the slip marks. And he's like, he just refused to go down. So, um, you know, I'm like, well, because when the detectives first came to me, they said, your brother's been killed. And I said, how many were they? And they're like, he looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, one guy couldn't kill my brother. That's a fact. So, um, so I'm like, uh, you know, him and I fought every day. We were a year and a couple months apart. So we had some battles when we were younger. I said, one guy couldn't do it. So they knew I knew him pretty well. That, so go, that was that, that was tough. Now go down in Florida as well. Yes, sir. That went down in Tampa, Florida. Tampa. Yeah, Nineteen ninety-six, January seventh. I lost my brother for five days, and I, luckily I got mine back. But I I know what I know what that feels like. Yeah, not the not knowing. You know, we didn't know for three days where he was, but I knew in my heart something was wrong. I knew immediately, and so. Uh, you know, y'all have lost a lot of brothers. So you know that feeling and that guilt when you feel like, you know, you're your brother's keeper. You're responsible for them. So, uh, you know, it was a long road overcoming that. And it really came, I tell people, you know, when you lose someone and you think you should have spent more time or you should have been there or you could have done something, really there's only one question you can ask yourself. Did you love them? And if that question to that answer is yes, then uh, that's all you need to know. So that's when I finally came to realize I loved my brother. I love him. And uh, I know he's been watching over me. I've had some incredible things happen in my life. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that one, I'm going to keep that one for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because you're right, you, you always say, should I have been there? Was I around him enough? Did I do enough? I've never heard anybody say that before. That's... That's very powerful, bro. <clears throat> I do that. I do that same thing. I'm like, all right, so I, what would happen if I did this or if I thought about that? And, and just, or would I miss them? Would I miss this if I didn't have it? Yeah. I try to teach my kids that too. That was one of the most valuable lessons I learned. But when it, can't, when it comes to running with your buddies and your brothers, it's their times, their the time it's covered down on them, be with them, right? Yep. And then what, and with their families and support them and, and, and help them and make them remember the great times and share the great times and the, and the memories. That's, you know, that's the, that's that heavy burden on your shoulders, but it, it doesn't, it can become really light when, when you're telling the greatest parts about them. Yes. You know, that's a great point. And so it took me a while to realize that uh, when he died, I put all of his pictures away. I put everything about him. Is that as if he didn't exist on the earth? And that was for about five years. And then my, uh, 
wife got pregnant with our second child and he's going to be a boy. So I asked my mom and my grandmother, if you mind, if I name him Troy, because I want to say the name Troy with love and happiness again. And then, you know, to your point, when we start talking and sharing the funny stories about him and the good stories, he was alive again. And it also took a big burden off everybody's shoulders. Well, I mean, if you tell it and, you know, you talk about him enough. That's what my, 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 my job, I love doing it. I love talking about my friends. It's my favorite thing to yes. do, my brothers. You talk about them enough and the good qualities that they had, then people start to repeat them. Yes. And I, and I, so much so where you, you can notice it. I mean, it's just a, it's a good pass down. It's always. It been, is. And then they're alive again. Yeah. But you rebounded. You got, you got your baby boy, the family. You said you got guys coming in. We, 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 our, we have an inner circle of, of brothers that aren't blood relative, but you wouldn't know that they're not. Yes. Yes. And uh, we always tell people, it's like, hey, look, you know, you surround yourself with champions, you'll be one. And uh, we've spent a lifetime doing that. And it's very uplifting, like you said. And it, it is. I, it, this isn't, an, I'm not trying to insult you in any kind of capacity, man, but in our in the world that we run around in, the way your brother went out is awesome. I mean, it took that many dudes yeah. to take his ass down. Yeah. They make ninja movies out of that, for God's sakes. Thank you. You, you know what I'm talking you know about? What? I, that's what I, I, I mean, felt when you, proud. Dude, that, that's what I would like expect out of my brother, just to hear. I mean, they're complete. There's no way get anybody get that done. That, and, and then was what's the decimation like? And then you know. Yeah. And then yeah. when they go out like that, I mean, how else do you want to? It's When you think about it in that capacity, then you, you remove that the doubt and the hurt. And it's kind of like, yeah, all right, all right. You're so right. When I found that out, you know, I, I was like, that's my brother. He went out with every breath he had fighting for everything he had. It took four of them uh, to, you know, 15, 20 minutes to take him out. So, you know, as much as it hurt, I said, man, I knew he would go out like that if he ever had to. So hey, they only got one of them, though. They only prosecuted one of them. So they only prosecuted. They followed a, blood, a trail of blood for a mile and a half. They prosecuted one. Uh, they have the blood uh, evidence from the others. Uh, the other, they actually went in and got, um, they went in and spoke to the state attorneys, all of them, and said that it was a fair fight, four on one. Um, but there were no offensive wounds on these guys. I pursued it for a long time. Uh, I actually had almost every governor in the state of Florida uh, look into it. And uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement did um, an investigation and saw the blood of two others there. They admitted being there. They said the case is still open. Uh, they opened a cold case that I kept pushing. I wrote hundreds of letters, emails, calls. And uh, so it's still an open case. I'm still hoping the other three are held accountable. They know who they are. They have their names. They've interviewed them. There's witnesses. So There has uh, to be DNA somewhere nowadays. There is. There's DNA there. Two of them has DNA there. So it's a little perplexing. I think uh, I've been told uh, by a cold case detective that, you know, some people were pissed off that I kind of spurred some people when I went to the media and I kept fighting so much. And one of the governors called one of the state attorneys on the weekend on their vacation. But I told the state attorney, you told me if that was your brother, you would fight with everything you have. So I'm fighting with everything I have for justice for him. So um, I'm hoping one day we'll get it. I know a future congressman that might be able to help you out with that. Thank you. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Let's see if I can move some shit around. All right. Write that down. Thank you. Remember, that was the first thing he said. That shit doesn't get taken care of. <laughs> first days in office. I was here for that when you when he said that. Thank you, Morgan. Oh, I'm happy to do that, buddy. I most Thank certainly you. will. So, so you know, after that, I, had a, I, I found this little saying when I recovered that from our, our darkest moments can rise our brightest hours because I, I was living in Tampa at the time and we moved with my wife and my firstborn son, Connor. I want to surround my mom with love because um, she had lost her baby boy. She'd always surrounded us with love and worked her ass off for us. And uh, her and her husband had a health food store. She also ran the finances uh, uh, for a school board down there. Uh, and um, I started in our health food store. And I really just buried myself learning about spices and mushrooms and herbs and fruits and vegetables and the healthy benefits they have uh, to kind of take my mind off of Troy. And, uh, and I was working with customers every day. And 
from there, just found a new love about healthy eating and uh, ginger and turmeric and mushrooms and what they can do for your body. And uh, from there, grew into uh, uh, opportunity for a business. Uh, started with some some of the top companies in the world doing supplements and foods. And then uh, in the early 2000s, I was eating lunch with my son, Connor. And I really looked around. Everything was Lunchables and snack packs and really a lot of junk out there. Uh, high, to, high fructose corn syrup dyes. So I worked with a doctor who had a PhD in organic chemistry and one of the top gummy manufacturers in the U.S., Albanese. And uh, we developed gummy supplements for kids with uh, organic fruits, vegetables, spices. And we ended up being the first to get the USDA seal, the European Union seal, non-GMO project. Oh, come on. And no one gets that. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that's legit. Yeah, we, it, it was a lot of work. We we're the first to do it. And uh, we ended up expanding to HEB, Central Market, public supermarkets, Wegmans, health food stores around the world. And uh, so everything was going great. I just told my wife, I feel stronger mentally and physically than I ever have. And then I got this little bump on my lower leg about the size of a pea. And my oldest son, Connor's like, Dad, that doesn't look like you should go to the doctor. So it was the first time, you know, I wasn't trying to be a badass or a hard ass. I'm like, oh, I don't need to go to the doctor. So I went, they, uh, they said it's a muscle tear. So I went back to work. And at that time, I was training five days a week with a force recon marine. And I was doing iron cross push-ups. And I couldn't even do a single one. And he's like, what's wrong with you, Mitch Ritchie? I'm like, I don't know. Something's wrong. What'd it I went feel home like? that day. What'd that, what'd and I know that's like? the day when it started exploding. Yeah. So back, so back that up. So just so people know. What, what's that? What'd that feel? I mean, what's just feel, feel like, like you didn't have any energy, just no strength. All of it just wasn't there. It felt like somebody took a giant vacuum cleaner and sucked every ounce of energy I've ever had. I literally, you know, I pride myself. I'd do 100 push-ups every day since I was probably 16. I couldn't do one, not a single push-up. Had nothing. Just absolutely spent. So I knew something was up. Uh, so Because you weren't sick. Uh, I mean, you didn't feel sick, nope. right? Didn't feel sick. Went, had my blood work done. Everything looked great. I was working out five days a week, working 20 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, drinking whiskey. You know, I, I tell you, I, I'm living, man. Yeah. Felt great. Hiking. And then just boom. One day, something just hit me like a truck. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. And so I, I, I go, went back to an orthopedics a few times. They kept saying it's a uh, muscle tear. And then after about three months, they said, let's do an MRI. And they did an MRI and uh, they said, uh, you, well, sorry, let me back it up. Before the MRI, they took x-rays. They saw nothing. They said, you know what? We think it's a muscle tear. Unless you want to have a surgery, you just have to live with it. But at this point, I was sleeping only two hours a night sitting up and I would drink a half a bottle of whiskey for the pain, literally, and then get up. Oh, so it was hurting. It was starting to hurt. Oh, starting to hurt. Like it felt like somebody had a vice grip twisting and tearing and just tightening it down, tightening it down. On that spot? Yeah, on that spot, deep in my lower inside calf. Uh, Like pain I've never experienced in my life. So uh, I I told my wife, this is not a muscle tear. I got to figure this out. We went and they did an MRI. Doctor called me back. He scooted this close to me. He leaned in. He was white as a ghost. He held my hand, said, I'm going to say a prayer for you. And I'm like, a prayer? What, what about prescription? <laughs> and uh, he's like, you got that. it looks like a really aggressive sarcoma. And I, I'm like, sir, what? He said, it's a really rare cancer. And the tumor has grown inward and almost to your bones, your tibia and your fibula. And he said, I'm giving you a number to a doctor right now. And I um, uh, want you to immediately go see him, then start chemo, radiation. They'll probably have to amputate your leg. So I looked at this guy like he was crazy. He's a quack. Shit, Doc, is that all you got? There. That's all you got for me, Doc? Right, right. A prayer <laughs> I mean, and a uh, phone number. Hold on, okay. hold on for a second, man. A prayer and a phone number. <laughs> yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, how much that going to cost me? You ain't got to <laughs> step on the gas like that. <laughs> so I called my wife. I said, listen, this guy just told me I got this rare cancer. That's impossible. Because I've been a vegetarian for a year and I haven't eaten bacon for 15 years. There's no way in hell I have cancer. I demand. I demand that I don't. Because I gave up bacon that I don't have that. Yeah. You know, they told me bacon's bad for me because I study food. Then I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? I almost died not eating bacon. I have a BLT once a week now. I can tell you that. Thank you. So so we went to uh, this doctor he recommended. And uh, he ran a report. They sent everything to... uh, all the, all the big universities and, and cancer clinics. And he said, you've got lyomyosarcoma. Lyomyosarcoma. It sarcoma. It took me seven years to even learn how to pronounce it. Lyomyosarcoma. It's of the soft tissue. And he said, we're going to amputate your leg and you're going to move uh, to chemo and radiation. I said, whoa, 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 doc. You're not taking my leg. And he said, listen, I'm not worried about your leg. I'm worried about your life. That's all I care about. So my wife and I left there. I'm like, you know what? I, and I still hadn't accepted it. And I'm like, this still cannot be what they're saying. And then I looked it up over the weekend. I had to think about it. And I'm like, man, I might be in a little bit of trouble here. It's a really aggressive cancer. Uh, it explodes and grows. Mine turned out to be 15 centimeters. And uh, it's like hurricanes. Under five centimeters, you know, is a cat one. Uh, five to 10, that's a cat three. Above 10 centimeters is like Katrina times five. Uh, so it was aggressive. It was, uh, necrosis. It was eating my tissue high grade. And so I was like, and, and, and the, the, the survivability was around one to 7% on what I had, according to the numbers. That started so, off as a bump on your leg. Yep. Started as a tiny little bump on my lower leg. So, and you know, they could have scooped it out if they had gotten it, but you know, I realized what's done is done. And now I'm in for a fight. But I said, you know, this thing's not taking me. They're going to have to cut my heart out before I quit. So uh, fortunately, guys, I was really lucky because it was rare. And somebody my age, I was in good shape. So I had a lot of hospitals reach out to me, a lot of universities and researchers. And I ended up going with Moffitt in Tampa and uh, Dr. Doug Letson and his PA, Dave Johnson. And uh, they said, listen, this is an emergency situation, but we want to have a plan. And I said, well, I'm going to Alaska with the family. Then I come back, we'll start all this. And he's like, that's going to be the last trip you ever go on. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll stay. So, <laughs> so we, Again, uh, if you put it like that, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going. Appreciate so your he, um, so he came up with a plan, uh, 400 hours of chemotherapy, 96 hours at a time. Uh, then he was trying to decide if he could save my bones. But he said, when the last MRI came, the tumor had started to grow into my tibia and fibula through my bones so he's like you know god kind of made that decision for us we're gonna have to take out your knee your tibia uh oh, they fibula. took your knee pardon me they, they took your knee? knee yep they took my knee ah, out and put a steel knee in a titanium rod and uh so they took out all my bones below my knee actually below my thigh and just left my foot in and i had a spike that went from the top into my foot and then a spike drilled into my femur and all the rest was bones it was the leg at the bottom was about this big around and it looked like the terminator it was just skin wrapped around metal that's it so um you still got it like so, that or did, did me, they, do is it still look like that or did they take it no so they just they took it in uh 2020 okay okay uh, okay it's about four or five months ago december december 16th they took my leg after seven years, almost seven years. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean, all right, go back. So, I'm sorry about so, that. So, all right, so, wait, so, no, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Back up. You're saying that they had, they had to drop two rods from your actual foot, still attached with skin, and then it was up wedged up into your, what, your knee, your femur? 
or wedged, your, wedged up into my femur. And, yep. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, okay. And the the arteries and veins and that foot and the skin still lived. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing. My doctor said. That's what you're saying, I, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't understand you. He. So they had to take out two of the three arteries because the tumor had killed two of the three. And when he got in there for the surgery, he said if it would have had wrapped around the last artery, I couldn't uh, keep my leg. But I still had one artery in the back that was good. And they took out 90% of my veins. So he's like, I was sure you were going to have to have a skin graft and you would lose it at some point. But that one artery, you know, your body's amazing and your mind, that one artery sustained what was left of my leg and my foot for almost seven years. One could, artery. Could you feel your foot? How did that look? Wait, like when you, could you touch and feel your foot? Ho, I could. Ho, ho, I could feel my foot. I, I still I'm have dead. my foot. I've never That's heard boss. this. I, I, I did. Was there pictures? Is this guy messing yeah. with us? Is yeah, that yeah. true? Uh, That's awesome. You know, I'll have my wife oh, send something. It should, should be a painting on the back of that wall with next to those beautiful horses. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll see if I can. can I'll see. <laughs> uh, I'll look and see if I can find it. One second. That's, or, that's uh, funny. Mimi, That's can you awesome. find it? It's, uh, that's what I thought he so said. So they took your knee and your knee joint and everything out of the equation. So you had straight running from, I mean, you just, you, it was like your, walking your up without shock. Straight. Yep. Just straight, straight, uh, steel knee, titanium rod drilled on either could you side. Bend, could you bend that steel knee? I, I could. And that was hell, man. Trying to learn how to bend that thing. And then they, what they did, they cut my calf in half wrapped it around the front of my leg, and then he used a piece of my calf to, pull to attach up. to the knee. Yep, to use as a flexor. Dude, so, this guy, Doc Frankenstein, so, did a what? number, right, man? Yeah, Dude, I did insane. look like kids Kids and people would see me walking and stare Dude. and scream. Could you kick a wall? And like, I mean, people are like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, people stare. That guy went to you. work on you, man. So I, I, uh, I'll see if I can find that uh, real quick. Dude, you got that's it, insane. It is. How, 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 how's your mobility now, though? Probably a lot better. So, so the mobility now uh, is getting better. You know, I had pretty good mobility then because, you know, they told me I wasn't be doing any, be able to do anything, but I was like, forget this. So I started training really hard. Yeah, so what does that mean? I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're making great points. Like when pe- when, a lot of times when people say that, when they talk to us, we, we skirt over. The, what does that mean? Like when they say you couldn't do this. At to what level? Like sit around, do nothing. That's not how we're, we're designed. Nope. That's exactly it. They're like, you know, a wheelchair, a scooter, take it easy. Don't walk a lot. Don't work out a lot. You know, and initially it told me kind of put my feet up because I didn't have a time, a lot of time left. So I should just enjoy my time. But you're exactly, we're not built. I believe our bodies are made to move. And when we stop moving, that's when we've got a problem. That's when you die, when you stop moving. Yes. 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 So, you know, I just looked at it as if, you know, even though they took all of this, I'm going to do everything that I can with it. And uh, I walked a 5K. Yeah, here, here, yeah. I see your foot. I, I see it. I see the foot. I see her foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the mirror. <laughs> off, the, off the dresser. So here is the actual. So you see, it Dude, goes. Did you keep that after they cut it off? Please say yes. My wife wanted to. I was going to make a statue of it. You should have. But, uh, they wouldn't let us keep it. We were oh, gonna put wait it in the a minute. House. That sounds like that should have been so a here's, lamp. Here's the, you see the difference in the legs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Check. That's impressive. So I, I did a 5K on that. It took me three and a half hours, but I did it. Then I got a fracture in my other foot. You know, I, I, I walked, I hiked. We went to the Grand Canyon with it. And uh, my boys had to carry me out. We went to North Rim. I got up there, but I couldn't get out. I was exhausted. I was on a walker. So I'm like, let's, let's get out of here. So, you know, but when I – going back a little bit with my doctor, I said, you know what? In wrestling, you're only as good as your partner, like a team that you all know. And I said, we're partners now. So hit me as hard as you can and, uh, and hit me some more. And then when you think I have anything left, I will. But I'll tell you, Marcus, after 300 hours of chemo, I was like, what the hell was I thinking telling him to hit me that hard with that much chemo, 96 hours at a time? And uh, my daughter never left my side uh, for 400 hours. She laid next to me. My boys, it was real tough on them. But my daughter, Sydney, never left my side, stayed 96 hours each time with me in a single hospital bed. So that really, really uplifted me. That did that gets them out of a lot of trouble when you, you know, lose all your, when they did grow. Did you lose all your hair and everything? Well, did you lose all your hair? 
I did. I looked like a chubby ninja turtle. I tell you that. <laughs> we didn't realize which how one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They don't tell you. You lose your toenails. Oh and yeah. And your fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. They they all came out. That really freaked me out. It caught on a my big toe caught on a cover and it ripped out. Oh, keep going with that man. story. God, man, that just went right up the spine, <laughs> dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that, how's y'all's mom doing? I saw she battled cancer. She did. How's she, she doing? Was, she, uh, she whipped it like it was a flu. Yeah. She no big deal. Yeah. Marks and I, Marks and I, she after she had her double mastectomy, the nurse came out of the waiting room and grabbed Marcus now because she's like, I want to see my boys. And uh, oh. she, came, she came. The nurse came out and got us. And as we went through the double doors to go back into the into the area where she was at, and we were like, "How's she doing?" And the nurse was like, "Well, if you're quiet enough, you'll hear her singing." And she was back there singing Willie Nelson songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's ready to go home. Wow, and, that's and then, awesome. At, right after in recovery, she's like, "I'm ready to go home. Let's go." Never I mean, back. we switched that pain concept in her head. It's like, all right, Ma. The night before, I remember going down there with her. And because uh, Melanie and, and his wife took her to, to on her, to, and a lot of the girls were t- facilitating her to the, to the hospital beforehand, doing all that. And I was like, Mom, beforehand, it's like going down to the gym. We're going to work out real, real hard. Now, when you're laying down after you get done working out the next few days, you're real sore. I was like, it's what your chest is going to feel like. It's just resor- real sore, so just lay there, and uh, we'll spoil your rotten. And she's like, all right. So after we got her back to the house, man, everyone left. We were just up there. I doctored her up. And maybe it was a week, maybe nine days. Right. And on that ninth day, she's like, I'm ready to get back to my house. Take me home. And she never looked back. <laughs> what a badass. She is. What man. a badass. She's doing well now. Yeah, thanks for yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah thank you for asking. That, that means you're, a lot. You're, you're very welcome. I, I saw that on a post, and I was sending prayers and love. And, you know, I saw a, a lot of women before me um, that had mastectomies, and, you know, it made me think about when uh, I was going to get my leg amputated. You know, I'm like, these warriors have done it before me. They've lost parts of them, very, very important parts. And, you know, losing a piece of my leg to keep the rest of me here uh, is something, you know, I'm ready to do. And I'd made that decision before my sarcoma came back. Uh, last November, it came back in a spot that uh, we knew it might come back. We didn't get clear margins. So they said, now, we really have to amputate your leg uh, quickly. I was trying to convince my doctors to do it for a year. They said I wasn't ready mentally and physically. And I think also my doctor had said my leg was kind of his Picasso, the limb salvage surgery, surgery yeah. he did. So that's like asking him to throw red paint on his Picasso, amputating it. I tell you what, the military doctors, and I, just because we've, Mark's not been in the space so long, and just we got so many friends with, with a limb that have lost limbs. Doctors don't even look. Just they're like, with the technology today, take it, take it right now. Just get rid of it. I mean, especially if you got a, if you have a joint there that you can put underneath it. But statistically, taking it and just putting an, uh, a prosthetic on there, the quality of life for you guys after the fact is just exponentially better. Oh man, I agree completely. Guys, I, guys I having feel eighty surgeries to keep quickly. one leg. Remember that? I mean it. I mean that's their leg. I, I get that, but like almost a hundred surgeries, fifty, sixty, seventy surgeries to keep that leg. But now the the prosthetics are such amazing technology. Because they took your knee now, correct? That you're above the amputation. Yeah, above the knee amputee, and uh, you know my heart goes out to veterans who've lost limbs. At least you know I was I had a chance to be mentally prepared to what I thought I was. And it was in a controlled environment. I could not imagine. Ah, shit, losing. man. I, I tell you what, man. It happened so fast to those guys. Boom! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, wow. I, I think it might be worse that you have to do like, oh, look, in, two, in three weeks, I got to go get my leg cut yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, so that's funny because. <laughs> yeah, right. Was, right? Yeah. yeah they, so this hap- they, they're going to cut my leg off. And then they said, okay, we have to change the date. So I, they, but they told me the night before. So I'm all worked up physically. Maybe I'm sick to my stomach. They called me and said they have to change it. Did you so, go out dancing with it one more time? It felt like yes, it felt I like, did. I went just dancing, it out. walking, drinking. Put on some new socks. It probably yeah. felt like a reprieve. You're like, oh, I don't have to go. I got to cut, cut something yeah. off on me. So that happened three times. So I was oh, like, dude, more dude, time man. I got ready. Yeah. So this time I'm like, are we really doing this? So uh, December 16th, it was on. And, uh, the hospital's been amazing, but it was in the middle of COVID. So 
there was a there was a little bit of communication lapse and they my wife they had talked to her and they thought she'd left so they didn't put in a pick line so when i woke up in recovery i was in pain like you couldn't imagine guys and they're like well you have a pick line so i get up to my room and i told the nurse whose name's amanda something's wrong this is horrible and she's like well you have a pick line and then another nurse came in was a name amanda and i was like how many amandas are here and i like i need to see a doctor something's really wrong the doctor comes in her name's amanda so three amandas in a row and none of them know each other they call that a goocher (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the point there there was no pick line three hours i went three hours after my amputation with no pain meds man I saw my wife, and I said, please tell me your name's not Amanda. <laughs> I started crying. I thought I'd gone to heaven, and everybody's name was Amanda. <laughs> so, or hell, one or the other. Yeah. So They probably that do that tough. on purpose, so if you start yelling at them, somebody's coming to run it. It was Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hit me with anything and everything. I'm like, oh, we can only give you five milligrams at a time. I'm like, please put like three zeros behind that five. Yeah, yeah just, so, fit, just I just need fentanyl on board, stacked. Yes. Yes, please. So uh, I did my I hospital rotations quickly. down in Tampa at, at Bayfront. I mean, the hospital systems down there are great, fantastic. The people are wonderful. Uh, I mean, in every hospital you got stories like that. But you that, say, that's awesome. So January this year, you got it cut. December of December sixteenth, twenty twenty. Okay, so just recently. So yep. oh, you're not really out of the woods yet. You still, it's not even probably. Cl- is it closed up completely? So here's a great thing. I was only in there three days. I said, you know, they said if, the, if you can walk, the faster you can walk, you can get out of here. So first day I got on a walker. I walked farthest they said anybody ever has. Then the second day I was exhausted, and uh, I wasn't going anywhere. But this little nurse said, Richie, you, you walk, you can get out of here. And I said no over and over. And she's like, if you walk, I'll give you a cheeseburger and a Sprite. Oh. I'm like, all right, go get the belt. Let's go. <laughs> so I got out in three days, guys. Again, lead with it, that. <laughs> it, it healed so quickly oh, that they put a prosthetic on it six weeks after it was uh, it was cut off. And I quickly moved from a wheelchair to uh, a walker. Now I'm on single arm crutches. I'm walking down the driveway. I'm working out. I'm lifting. So it's moving at light speed. They said I'm really about a year ahead of and above the knee amputee. Tell you what, I don't know. If they're not really there yet, but eventually they're going to have those bionic knee prosthetics. Yes. Put you back to where it's. I mean, just attach. Make it, it look cool. Right? Make it look cool when you're walking, huh? And it, it'll probably get to where because the sooner you attach those two things and they start working together, the sooner it heals up, right? And you just kind of prove that. Yep. Yep. They, you know, I just and the pain was pretty bad, but I just after it healed in about six weeks, they said we've never seen somebody heal that quickly. Uh, they gave me the prosthetic, and I just kind of worked through the pain on that. Uh, you know, the nerves hitting at the bone, all that, but just kept grinding. And now I'm uh, as active as, as I've ever been with the arm crutches. And it looks like in the next month or two, I'll be down to one arm crutch or less. And then walking on my own, want to start running again, hiking, doing all that fun stuff. Yeah. God, man, I've been going in my head. We've got, we've got guys, I mean, I don't know how many amputees we know, double above the knee, Dana's double above the knee. And man, I didn't even know he, he was missing his legs. And he fell down. I was making fun of him. Yeah. Oh, damn. He kept falling. Yeah. We were like, what the hell? Yeah. Falling. What the hell's wrong? He's like, my leg is stuck in the damn he mud, damn dude. Mud. And he ripped yeah. it off. We're like, man, you're missing your leg. He's like, damn, I'm missing both of them. Yeah, check that, check that guy out, Richie. Look him up, Dana Bowman. Dana his Bowman, uh, his accident is on YouTube. Two pair, he, was a, he was a golden knight, and, two, and, then, and he collided with his buddy. And oh, his, man. His buddy's arm hit him in the legs and took both his legs off. Flesh Damn. to flesh, midair impact. You can see it. Insane. It's on video. They're videoing it. Oh, I mean, just like I'm gonna look that explosion up. Explosion of blood in the air, and everybody's like, "Oh my it's god!" It's like somebody blew up a watermelon in the air. It's unbelievable. Do you guys? Do you have other amputees around you that you get to kind of pal around with? That's important. If you don't, I do. Uh, I was introduced to a guy uh, in Inverness, Florida, near where I grew up, and he had an adventure company in Costa Rica. Really cool dude. Uh, and you know, he's kind of been an inspiration and guided me through this above the knee amputee. He just went on four mile runs in Breckenridge on a snowboard with his prosthetic. So he's really been uh, a great inspiration to me and a leader. That's what I've tried to do. Chad Fleming, man. People he, like that that. A... Joey, Joey's double yeah. leg above yeah. me. Oh man, we got a bunch of them. I know. 
Is, do they have your, y'all have your own clubs? Like, if you're knee. below the knee, you can't hang. It's different than being. Oh, well, butt. there's nicknames. I don't know if they. I don't know if you've been introduced to that yet. But when you, when if you're ever in a everything me is rank. <laughs> yeah, they got, they got, they got, they got a, it's a, it's a, it's an award yeah. system. They got a bob, a dash, a question. I mean, a, a period. There has to be with military guys. You knew that, or, you know, guys like right. it's, it's a yeah. thing, man. They got an EOD guy that lost both arms and both legs. You know, call him Spike. Well, I can tell you the only my only dream I wanted to be was Marine. I was going to wrestle for the Marines and uh, pass everything with flying colors uh, right out of high school. And then uh, I was born deaf in my right ear. So when I went in for the recruiting sergeant, uh, he was doing the ear test behind the glass. So I thought I was just going to raise my right hand intermittently, try to guess it right. So he's like, hold on, we got loose wires. And then he's like, Richard, hold on, I got to switch a machine out. And I'm just going like this. He comes in, he's like, Richard, let me ask you something. You're the deaf or crazy or both? Because when I turn it to the highest sound there is, you don't respond. And when nothing's there, you raise your hand. I said, well, I was born deaf on my right ear. And they tried to fix it, but I had dead nerves. So I'm like, you know, what am I going to do now? I, all I wanted to be was a Marine. And then I end up making gummy bears, you know, which <laughs> hey, is a far stretch. God from. has a plan, yeah. buddy. God has a plan. It should yes. be like, which one of those answers will I let me get why. into the military? I mean, honestly, if you can hear out of one ear, what's the difference? I mean, because Marines go deaf anyway. We're all, yeah, everyone goes deaf there. <laughs> Anyhow. That's what I was hoping. I said, you can't just hit the check mark. Man, I was wanting to get in. So, uh, but I've recovered quickly from the amputation uh, better than they thought they would. But I really, you know. Uh, attribute a lot of that to things I've eaten over the last 20 years, mushrooms, ginger, turmeric, holy basil. I think it's also really helped me with my sarcoma. You know, uh, they were sure had gone to my lungs, but uh, I've been very fortunate because sarcomas and leiomyosarcoma go to your lungs. But, um, you know, the things I've tried to eat and work out and my mindset, uh, never quit no matter what I'm up against, uh, has really helped me. Uh, make it almost seven years uh, with this sarcoma that I've watched a lot of friends and people I've met have died from this disease and cancer. And I'm so grateful for another breath and try to live in gratitude every moment. We we got a buddy who um, you're one of those guys that every time it seems like every time we'll get, and there's more to your story. Every time you turn the corner, it seems like after you're having a great run, you just get hit right in the nuts. We had a buddy that got shot. Marcus actually saved his life. And then he rebounds from damn near killed him. Blew up his lungs, blew his brachial already lost the use of his arm. And he's rebounding through that. And then on a happenstance test while he's in the hospital on his I never something, asked him. Yeah, I they know. find testicular cancer. They go in, they cut his kids off. One, Cut one of them off, well, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, of course, because he's still got 19 yeah. kids. And then he rebounds from that. <laughs> and then shortly thereafter, like weeks after, this isn't a matter of weeks, he goes in and his, his heart fails. Damn. I mean, we were laying on the floor with him at his house after all this, after he just got his nut cut off. And we we're like, I was like, oh. you know what, man, Andy? And he's like, you know, he's kind of laying there, kind of half ass right. out of it. And I'm laying there, I'm like, hey, Andy. His name's Andy, Andy Halfley. He's one of our best friends. I was like, man, I've been laying here thinking a lot about you. And he's like, oh, yeah. I was like, I think God hates you. <laughs> he started right. laughing his ass off. And I was like, what do you think about that? And he's like, no, bro, God loves me because he's challenging me every yes. day. And I was like, well, let's just agree to disagree. <laughs> you know, that's funny. That's funny you should say that. I tell people uh, uh, I'm too good for the devil and God doesn't want me yet. So I'm kind of stuck here in the middle uh, with some of the challenges but I think you guys said earlier, I mean, when you go through those fires and those challenges, you look at things in a different perspective. And one of the things, you know, it might sound crazy. I'm, a part of me is grateful some of these things have happened because, you know, I've been able to some, inspire some people that have seen my stories and, and people DM me and, and, and different social media reach out to me and say, my mom is struggling or my brother or my son you know, are there some words you can email or can you help us with some of the things you've eaten or nutrition or just your smile? You know, I had a guy uh, who said uh, he lost his foot in the military. He kind of given up for a little while. And then uh, he saw me doing some push-ups with one leg and he said, I started doing modified push-ups. So, you know, I think I've been inspired and uplifted 
by people like y'all and other people around me along this journey and that I feel I have a duty that uh, to, to do the same, to try to inspire, uplift people where I can, just trying to make it to the next finish line. It's great because we, we need people like you because a lot of folks that, that will face adversity like you have will give up. And they don't understand if you just keep moving forward. Yes. How, what your life will be. Yes. And, so, and, and even, even if you stop a few times, just rest a little bit, then keep going. And it seems like, to your point, every time when I, when I think I can't make it to that next moment, and uh, Marcus, I, you know, I said it earlier, but, uh, but you, you've inspired me like few people have in this world. Uh, maybe my mom, only my mother. Uh, you know, with, with the story you wrote and your love of your brothers and, and, and the warrior and human being. And, you know, when I heard those words, you know, no matter how, how much it hurts or how dark it gets or how far you fall, you're never out of the fight. Man, I, I, was, I, I was close to quitting. And I said, you know what? I'm not quitting. I am not quitting. And that was 2014. Uh, I was on 300 hours of chemotherapy. So, you know, thank God there's people like y'all in this world, uh, Morgan and Marcus, uh, and, and lifting people up in communities. And, you know, I have, me and my family have such a reverence for veterans and our service people for the amazing sacrifices you make for all of us. You're away from your families uh, around the world. Uh, putting yourselves in danger for all of us. And, you know, I've always tried my best any way I can to support veterans and military um, because of everything you all have given for us. Well, man, that's the reason we kind of all run at different paces. So when you when it's time for you to take a break and you, you hit a line, you look up, there's already some, somebody going. I mean, yes. we have hard times. That's what's a team. So if, man, we all lived in one neighborhood. If I was having a bad day, I was like, man, I'm going to go over and see what Richie's doing because I know his, he's probably had a worse day. <laughs> and then vice versa, right? Yeah. It, it, that's how yeah. it's weighed out. Yep. It's all, yep. You just have to have a visual of it. You just got to be able to see it or, or lay eyes on something that, that you, in your mind, in your, in your mind's eye, know that, that that is how tough that is and that you wouldn't want to have to go through it. That means you, that you took it. It's like everyone tells me they didn't want to have to walk what I had to go through. I was like, well, man, I say the same thing about my brother all the time. And he, we say the same thing about you when we hear your stories. But if there's that, and that builds resolve. Like it's that push pull between heaven and he, you know, both sides. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, that in itself creates, uh, it creates something, it morphs into something when you're just sitting in, in, sitting in the middle. I mean, you, you just kind of, in, in the grind out of it, 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 it sharpens it and you see things differently. There's a spice of life that's better. I mean, our, our, one of our favorite quotes is, don't show back up with what you got issued down here. You better have lived some life. Yep, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. That's why we're covered in scars and tattoos and, I mean, everything <laughs> in between, man. And you're, We you're, even showed up with extra stuff. We weren't even issued. And um, your lovely bride, she's been with you through the, through the thick of it, I'm, I'm assuming, huh? She has. My wife, Mimi, is my rock. You know, they, that saying, you know somebody's character when nobody's looking. When nobody's looking, she has uh, been a nurse, a mother, a businesswoman, uh, and just an amazing partner in everything we've done. She changed my bandages, uh, which I would, wouldn't even want to have done. When I had uh, my limb salvage surgery, it was nasty with my amputation. Uh, she's rescued me a few times. Uh, she thought I, I died one time. I felt bad. I, I felt horrible. I had a sinkable episode. And I told her I need to lay down and my eyes rolled back in my head. And uh, turns out I needed a shot after my 400 hour of chemo to get my white blood cells back. And she thought I died. And I thought I died and went to hell because I woke up with a 300 pound man on top of me trying to put in uh, IVs and he missed seven times and he started sweating so bad. He's like, is it okay if we take a break? I said, listen, man, I just want to go home at this point. I don't know what's happening here, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So they took me to the hospital and Turns out I, my, my brain was really dehydrated from the chemo, but I, I recovered quickly. But Mimi has been a, a, a rock. I'm thankful to have her by my side. Yeah, I always like to throw a special shout-out to the spouses that walk side-by-side side with us. Yeah, they, the go through, are, they go through a man. lot. 
A lot. I don't. We're about to have our 26th anniversary. I told her. I don't know how she's put up with me for 26 years. 26 I couldn't years. stand to be around me for a year. Let alone 26. It's like we become their favorite pet, right? It's like yeah, I got to yeah. heal him up, even though he's you know one, one leg is yeah. whatever, man. Yes. They just fall in love with us. So, and guy. she's been a co-founder in our our new company, McPeak. I I sent you all some uh, of our products a while back, and uh, thanks for that. We, uh, we also, you know, ship a lot to uh, veterans and their families and um, develop them. You know, I sh shipped a lot over to Afghanistan and Iraq to my friends that were there. And uh, and uh, a young man that bought our products for my previous brand one time uh, in the States and he couldn't get them in Afghanistan. And I said, listen, as long as you're over there, we'll send a package. And I put the picture up a couple of times. Young kid who said, I got the package, Mr. McPeak, and I feel better, but really it's raised my morale. And uh, he had saw my story on Instagram and said I inspired him. But I said, no, it's you that it's inspiring me. And we ended up becoming pen pals. We email each other, young guy with a family now back in the States, Kevin F. So, you know, we try to do everything we can with our company to support veterans and their families and communities. That's great. Well, on, brother. I tell you, yeah, to get things like that over there in that dirt hole of a place, man, it's the little things that... Get you through one more day. You don't think that either. I remember how many times we went overseas and they're like, hey, can we write you, send you anything? Like, oh, no, I don't need anything. Especially during the holidays. And there'd be a package showed up. We didn't even have a name on it. It just something showed up for you. It said soldier on it, you know. You open that thing up and it would have just, I don't know, love. Just have good love just pour out of something, man. Just, just a bottle of, just, box of Skittles. We're like, oh, uh, so, thank yeah. God. Thank God. That's one of, my, one of my buddies. I got him a box over there. It made it through somehow. A uh, bottle of Johnny Walker Black, some cigars, Doritos, and a Maxim. Dude. He's like, man, and it showed up right near the Fourth of July. He's like, I was the hero. Oh. I shared it with all my buddies. He was so well, happy. certainly because it ain't because of that scotch; it's because of that Maxim. Maxim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> been there. So, yeah, so we, uh, we, you know, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by Mimi and an incredible family that's really helped me uh, through this journey as well. Are you guys in, are you back in your hometown? Or are you down in Tampa? You said it, but I, I forget. So I'm in Apopka, Florida, uh, right outside of Orlando. Okay. Uh, near, near Altamont. But our manufacturer for our new companies in Tampa. So I go over there a lot. And my hospital that I go to, I'm still with them uh, at Moffitt, uh, Dr. Letson and his team, uh, okay. Dave Johnson. And these guys text me. We stay in touch. Uh, they've been amazing, I think them for one of the reasons i'm alive i mean you all know when you're surrounded by an amazing team that'll go through walls for each other uh and these guys make sure uh they check on me and something any little thing goes wrong they get me in quickly and we get it straightened out so i'm incredibly thankful for that team over there in Tampa. absolutely well richie you've not even fully shared the entire never quit story but i'd imagine that with all that you've experienced through life, you've probably got some pretty good never quit advice for the for the listeners. Can you leave us with one one word of wisdom? Thank you, Andrew. I could that every step is a finish line, no matter what you're going through. You don't have to make it to the end of the day or the month of the year. Just make it to your next moment, your next step, the everything you got. Now, that's the best advice I can share with people over this seven year journey of, you know, losing my knee, my tibia, my fibula, my leg, uh, some loved ones. But I've also been incredibly blessed uh, with a beautiful family and friends and, and uh, successful companies through hard work and excellence. And being on this show with, with Marcus and Morgan, I'm so grateful, Andrew, that I was invited. This is a true honor in my life. One of the, one of the heights of my life, guys. Oh man, I appreciate that. I don't mind, we're humble to be in your presence, yeah, yeah. partner. How can how can our people support you? What you got going on? Your company? Why don't you give us a big shout out to all the stuff you got going? So we just launched in the middle of COVID. Actually, the day my leg was amputated, I, I, I really put the burden on my wife. We launched our new brand, McPeak. And, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, go ahead and take it easy. Uh, I need you to get this up and running. All right, that's how yeah. great the women are. That's good thinking, bro. Yeah, that's a, we got right there. That I'm like, I'm gonna take a little break. You guys get this going. <laughs> right? So it just I would always go lot. out of town or leave leave on deployment. Morgan had to pack us up and move us. Brilliant timing. So, Andrew, uh, McPeak is a, a company. We've always made all of our products here in the United States uh, for the past 20 years, uh, all of our ingredients here. 
Uh, we're partnered with uh, a food scientist, top food scientist, a PhD in organic chemistry, uh, and a great team of leadership. And our powders, what we do is single serving powders. Uh, we have vitamin D3, zinc, elderberry. We have immune, hydration. We're about to launch some products I'm going to send to y'all. It's going to be the first seven organic mushrooms in a little powder pack called Magnificent 7. And they taste like strawberry soda with zero grams of sugar. And these mushrooms are amazing for energy, stamina, focus, detox. Uh, so with our company, it's all single serving packs, 100% recyclable, and they can be sent anywhere around the world. And, uh, you know, we would love for y'all to visit us at mcpeakmarket.com. And that's where our, our company is. We do all of our own distribution and shipping. And uh, we can make a code for the listeners, uh, Marcus and Morgan, and do a 25% off code for all the listeners and then give back money to y'all's favorite charity. It's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, be well, yeah. super cool. Yeah. And what about social media? Where are you at on social? So on social media, mcpeakmarket.com is our social media. And I'm at Richie McPeak uh, on uh, Instagram. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much again for joining us today, man. Yeah, we, bro. We really... I mean, that's good. Yeah. Your story is incredible. Thank you, guys. You know, I, I feel like we all have uh, struggles in our lives and, and, uh, and go through the fires. But as a team, we can all get through it together. And, and you all really have inspired me. And I try to live the team never quit mentality every day and share what y'all are doing for our community. Bro, next time I'm down in Tampa, I, I'm, we'll, we'll link up. No, we're in Orlando. He's outside Orlando. 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 Big city. I'll, I'll come hey, to Tampa, city. Orlando, or... Uh, oh, anytime oh, I'm in Texas, oh, we go to Orlando, man. We did, I like them both. Let's we go to speech. Universal. We do speeches in Orlando, Orlando quite a bit. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. That'd be fun, man. I got the spare bedroom, bruh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> All right. I got a place for y'all on the lake. I got a jet ski and some bourbon. Y'all come on. Pool, got a pond. So I'll be showing up in uh I'll be showing up in the Congress in the House of the House of Congress in uh January twenty three. So make sure I get your contact information so I can run the ground some things for you. Thank you, Morgan, and good luck. And, uh, you know, I know you're not going to need it. You're going to create your own luck. And also, I want to reach out to Andrew, see how I can support any way our company can support your run. Oh, thank you, Appreciate sir. It, God bless. God awesome. bless you, man. Take care. God bless you guys. Bye, thank you buddy. so much. Be good. Have a great day. Yes, you too, man. Yep. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Let us know what you think. If you think this show will help someone out, send it to them. Share it with them. Follow us on social media, teamneverquit.com slash social. We've got some new podcast gear in the store. Make sure you check it out, shop.teamneverquit. And if you're not already, join us on patreon.com slash teamneverquit. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>